And welcome to another edition of the Nerdy Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Pedersen, with my brothers and fellow nerds, Josh and AJ. Today, we're going to chat about the most recent showing data we've been seeing in 2024, comparing that to 2023 from the beginning of January in both situations. We're going to chat about why the showing data is looking the way it is and what that might mean for you and your clients. This one's going to be a little bit quicker of a podcast, and I wasn't sure if anybody wanted to intro. But, but first, the somebody, would you rather of the There week. you go. AJ's got one. <laughs> would you rather win an adult men's basketball championship or a dad tennis championship? Uh, what, what if you've won both? I know. It's hard to pick when you just are a champion so much. but uh, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, the basketball championship involved all three of us, so that was pretty special. Um, but we were terrible at tennis three years ago and we just won it all yesterday. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It was pretty fun to have the last shot be an overhead smash and then racket straight up in the air to win it. But I don't oh, know. No, it was, that, did it your was racket fun. break? No. I did. Luke, I did the knees on the floor and the point to the sky with the fists. Interesting. You know, thing. I don't know. I don't last, point, last point of the match. We've come back from a 5-2 deficit in round two. We've won four straight uh, in like 10 minutes. We just started clobbering them. And AJ hits a laser down on the line for a great forehand. Guy just hits a little loop-de-loop right back to me at the net, and I just smashed it, and we won. And who's the over. Who's the better server? AJ is. AJ is the better server. Three years ago, I was. But you have now to AJ's switch. You better. have to switch every every time, mm-hmm. every service, every service. Yep. It's a you know we've got a thing going. Why do Why is tennis? Uh, why do they count points incorrectly? So do you know the history of tennis? No. So the um, rich elite created tennis. I think it was France is where tennis was created. You can fact check me on that. Is that a family, the rich elite family? No, but like the rich... Well, there's like, you know, back in the day, there were like the the bourgeoisie. Wasn't it the bourgeoisie? And they didn't want anyone else to know what how it worked. And so they created a scoring system that was so confusing. 15, 30, 40. And the love is... um, I think it's it's, it's French. Yeah, so la, la ouve. You can once again fact check this. Is how you say egg in that language. So zero, it's zero an egg. egg. Yeah, that was how they got love from. So and deuce. I mean, there's so many ridiculous. It's like a weird sport. It's, you played a four points, but it goes zero, fifteen, thirty, forty. It's, Advantage. Yeah. So they they basically made a confusing game so that the other people who weren't the rich elite couldn't learn how to play. That is wild. Yeah. And that's why Edina's so good at tennis. And here we are today. You guys going to Williston and winning a, a championship. What a world. Cheers. All right, let's get into what actually matters, what the people are listening for. Um, if you'd like us to only wait, talk wait, about wait. random things, too, you could put that in the comments, and we could just get rid of the real estate economics. I heard the people just this? wanted to hear us talk about oh. our tennis mm-hmm. Glory. Yeah. Glory. You know what actually what would be really cool is that you guys won the tennis championship, and then the advisor realty group is going to win the bronze league championship for back-to-back years, and then the Hopkins Berries that AJ is going to be on this summer are going to win the class B state championship. And we're going to kind of like sweep all of the sports. I mean, my, my ankle held up in tennis. I may be back for the playoffs in basketball. We'll see. (laughs) There you go. At least coaching. Yeah. Well, I can do that. All right. Let's talk about what matters. So we essentially, what we have here is, um, and we can post this if people are interested, but we have showing activity by price point, um, for the week that ended the first week of January in 2024 and 2023 as a bar graph kind of next to each other um, to compare what that's been looking like. Do you guys want to run through the different price points or overall yeah, stats I'll on a, what this looks like? I guess I'll start. Explain this to them. And, we, and it kind of piggybacks on what we talked about last week, right? Because we talked last week about the, sh- the offer information. Mm-hmm. But the offer information we're kind of saying, like is saying that there's... Uh, buyer leverage right now in the market, right? So buyers had the ability to kind of 
offer with fewer contingencies and buy houses with a for sale contingency or have inspections, et cetera, in ways they hadn't been earlier in the year. Um, but we were kind of hinting during that that we felt like the market was changing. And so this week it came out that um, they, sh- they sent all the new showing information. They compared it to 2023. Um, and the first week of 2023 actually felt pretty crazy, If I, you know, going back to how mm-hmm. I felt that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and showing activity, com- even compared to that week, is up like 20 to 30% right now. 28.9, is that what it says? Yeah, and it's, and it's consistent across... Can't you see those numbers with do our you, awesome do you, LASIK? On, no. Do you guys ever... I can read that from like here. Do you, ever, my do you ever do this? Like it's a phone and you try to enlarge the picture. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at our, for everyone listening, we're looking at our papers and trying to enlarge them. Um, but like it's, it's every to bucket 30%. too. So it's not just, you know, oh, maybe the lower price homes are selling or having more buyers come out. It's like the higher price homes are having more buyers come out. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to think about the fact that with rates having come down a little bit, they're not down to where they were in 2023. Um, but having come down from where they were at the heights of 2024, end of 2023 into 2024 uh, you know the buyers are back out and it's kind of what we all predicted was there's this weird reality and I, I don't understand it and I explain it to all my clients and some listen and some don't but in in Minnesota market at least the new year happens and people are like my new year's resolution is to buy a house this year I'll wait in December I'll wait in November but January 1st I'm ready to go and then everyone's ready to go and all of a sudden they're like this market's not fun so we kind of create this weird cycle that I don't fully grasp from a behavioral standpoint, but um, we're already seeing it kind of happen again. The, the funny thing that I've been telling my clients, especially in like buyer meetings, let's say, if you're looking at what the market's looking like and why it's that way, for some reason, and this is, there's just, there's data to back this up, but when you go from 3% interest rate to 6.5% interest rate, everybody goes, holy crap, that's a really high interest rate. I do not want to buy a house at that interest rate. But the second you go from 8% interest rate to 6.5% interest rate, they go, hey, 65 is actually pretty good. Saving. Should we I give, could do we this. Should we give you a, a business school term of the week? Yeah, what is it? So it's called anchoring and adjusting. There you go. So uh, when your mind is, it's, it's a negotiation tactic. You anchor on something, right? People put an offer out, but they don't put their best offer out at the beginning, usually if there's a negotiation process, because the other party is going to anchor on a certain number. And so interest rates are the same way, right? When we're anchored mentally on a 3% interest rate being like the norm, all of a sudden it starts rising and five and a half seems crazy. But when we're anchored on eight being the norm or seven and a half, then when it comes down, it starts to feel less crazy. So our brains are always anchoring and then adjusting to whatever we're anchored against. So it's more the up or down momentum from that anchor that impacts how our brains are thinking about things versus what the actual number is in and of itself. And I think what's interesting with the graph that we're looking at here is you're seeing, um, if you look at this in buckets, right? So if you look at zero to 400, we're seeing showing activity be higher, um, but it's about 15 to 25%-ish higher, right? And then if you move to the next bucket of 400 to 800, you're seeing it be about 40 to 60% higher. Mm-hmm. If you move on to the 800 plus category, you're seeing it be 100 to 150% higher. I think why that's Smaller denominators, but yeah. For sure, yes, much smaller numbers, but in terms of the comparison point, mm-hmm. um, as rates drop, the people with more and more money have more and more flexibility Yep, is what I would argue. Yep, And so you're seeing more activity in that zero to 400 bucket, but there's still a huge tranche of buyers that have a lease that comes up in June and they're 3%, 5% down. They can't afford to say, yeah, I'm fine being out $5,000 for the, you know, foregoing the rest of my lease. 
Um, and so I think what you're going to see is this start to kind of change back the other direction as we go. And you're going to see more and more showing activity in the zero to 400 bucket as we approach the summer, because those folks are going to have a timeline that they have to deal with. Whereas people that have more money, they don't necessarily have a specific timeline. Do you think, I was going to say, as, as rates continue to fluctuate, if they move downward, the percentages of showings above the prior year or above past behavior, et cetera, in the higher price points is going to exceed the lower price points. Yes. Because the other reality is the pent-up demand right now is in the higher price points. Mm -hmm. Because folks that, we've said this a number of times, but folks that have a 3% interest rate and are moving to a 7% interest rate are are basically looking at me like, eh, I'm good, right? So agents that have been selling a lot in the move-up buyers have had really hard, they had a really hard 2023 because more people just sat on the sidelines. That's not to say more people don't want to buy a house. They just didn't like the trade-off they were having to make. And so you have a year of pent-up demand, maybe two at this point, uh, in those higher price points. So if rates start to get to a point where that trade-off is less significant, that's where I think we'll start to see that showing activity you, increase. Well, and, and you'll see the other kicker there, at Josh, is probably that you're going to see more listings in the lower price points. So ipso facto, you're going to see more showings more there choice. too. Yeah. Or more single-family and rentals. You would, and I get, totally. you would assume too, like after a while, people go, well, I'm at 3%. I don't want 7 But after a while, they might go, it's not going to be three again you accept and, your reality and i have to get like at some point you i'm gonna buy and this adjust. house at some point i'm gonna buy this house anyways exactly and so i'm just going to do it now because there's no reason yep. to necessarily wait and yep. they might get to five and a half but they, if they do get to five and a half i could just refinance at that does point if does I really mar have to. these stats going further back luke i wanted i don't know josh was the one who sent us this yeah one. we can pull that i, I mean, was thinking we'll 2020 20, 2022 would have been really interesting to see how this or like compare this to like 2021 yeah, when it was really crazy, how many showings were actually happening? We could do yeah. it next week on the podcast before we start. We can do a short snippet and go 2020, 2021, 2022 and all this and mm-hmm. see what the difference is yep. and see where that's trending. I think that would be super interesting. Um, do you think that as we go into the spring, because you had mentioned that there's going to be more showings in that first bucket, do you think the spread between last year and this year is also going to expand if rates stay, let's say, six and a half? I think that absolutely that will happen, yes. yes. There'll be more people coming out as their leases get closer than last year. Yeah, and if there's no uh, you know, backstop with additional listings, it's it's going to be kind of a terrible deal for those people, I think. You know what would be the... I mean, this would be another fun regression analysis for me to do. Um, the fluctuation in rates compared to the showings that are happening at any given time. So like when rates move more dramatically up, how much does that pull back showings? And when rates, rates, rates move more dramatically down, how much does that impact showings? Because I think we do have periods where we see people kind of fall out of the marketplace, right? We always talk about that where it's, you know, like just certain times of year people fall out of the marketplace and then certain event-based things or certain people just fall out of the marketplace where like rates went really fast up last year in the middle of the year and everyone's like, hey, I'm kind of just going to fall out. Um, but if we're seeing rates start to move down on top of years where we saw more buyers fall out because rates were moving up, it's kind of a compounding effect. So. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that want to buy right now. Now, the problem we have is the listings are still low. Um, and this is my prediction crystal ball like going into the year was I think a lot of people are going to come out in January. And then I think there's probably going to start being more headlines about how the market is pretty good again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of buyers. There's a lot of people want to buy. So if the news cycle turns on the real estate market instead of saying it's the worst market ever to sell your house into a more positive market in terms of the activity and the inflation, et cetera, and pricing... 
you may more, see more sellers then show up to the party in the February timeframe to create a more balanced, not balanced, but a better market for agents, at least in the spring. What does that mean for you agents? Those agents out there that have done sales or have been selling houses for five years, probably even three years, you should be in the ear of all of your past clients in the first quarter of 2024 saying, are you interested in evaluation on your house or just sending one evaluation on their house and saying, I'm just wanting to keep you updated to give you an idea on what the market's looking like right now. Because if you hit them now, when that cycle comes out and they see it, they're going to come back and they're going to reach out to you opposed to going to just Joe Schmo that they found on a Facebook ad. Yeah. Or grab lunch or grab coffee and just see how they're doing and they'll bring it up and then you'll say the same thing I just said. And then they'll maybe be like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I should consider selling my house in Q1 of this year, Q2. Yeah. Maybe interest rates aren't going to get much better. So maybe it just makes sense for me to move now. And and while showings don't necessarily dictate that there's 30% more buyers right now because Buyers One might buyer, be showing sure. more houses. You don't sure. really know. I mean, it's it. It's probably a pretty close indicator. Um, being up thirty percent, listings are up in twenty twenty four, at least in our metro area, by about ten percent right now um, versus last year. So each week we're getting about a hundred more listings than we had last year, which doesn't seem that significant. But to have ten percent more listings, but then let's just say we do have thirty percent more buyers. Um, it's a pretty easy math problem for everybody out there. It's more competitive than it was last year yep. at the same time. So mm-hmm. you're going to kind of, we're going to keep following that and agents out there should be following that in our market and in their local market, if it's not in Minnesota, of what's the showing activity doing compared to last year and what's the listing activity doing compared to last year because those are going to marry up and kind of tell you where things are going to go. And you might see supply actually move downward again, which would be pretty wild because it's been going up for 12 months now. Yep. And then I would be on, not surprised at all if supply moved downward through Q2 of this should, year. It will. It, yeah. Theoretically. And yeah. then add on on top of what AJ said, the um, so you have the, the amount of buyers in the pool, the amount of sellers in the pool, and then <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, the sellers that become buyers? No, it's just... It, all right, keep going. We'll figure this out. I'll find supply it. Supply and demand. Supply. And we could just. Oh keep no! Demand. We could just layer in layer in the offer component to it. So you have you have last year's buyer pool. You have last year's seller pool, and you have last year's what an offer. We talked about this last week. What kind of offers are winning, right? So do you have inspections? Do you not have inspections? If you're looking at last year in January, and thirty percent of the offers had no inspection, but we have more buyers now and fewer listings, you're probably going to have more offers than that that are needing ins- or no inspection, etc. Mm-hmm. So you can marry those three things up together to kind of get a sense of. With your clients, here's what it's going to take to win in this marketplace. I do think we are in a unique position still, though, where competition's there. There's a lot of buyers coming out right now looking, but it hasn't really, like, the market hasn't hit to the point where they're going, well, it's early 2022 again, and we're getting 10 offers on all these houses, and sellers are still feeling a little, like, if I put it on in 2020, I was definitely getting multiple offers, but now I'm like, I'm putting a house on the market this Friday. This house is absolutely stunning. And my seller's a little bit worried. Like maybe we won't get that much traffic. Maybe because that's what it's been like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a buyer that really likes a house and it goes on the market on Friday and you offer a little bit above on Friday and you give them a little bit of a deadline. I did this list last weekend. Yep. They just accepted the offer. Like they weren't going to play games and wait through the weekend, mm-hmm. at least now because the 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 data and the articles aren't coming out saying you're going to get a bunch of offers. They, they're they now anchored yep. to the fact that it's not super easy to sell. And so you as an agent, if your buyers that are getting out there now, if you can get them to make decisions quicker, they might be able to get some pretty nice houses before this gets to be 
sellers going, well, we listed on Friday and we're already highest and best on Sunday at five and they don't even have any offers. They're just going to wait. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I mean, it seems like what we're hearing here is we're all pretty bullish on the fact that the market's going to come back a little bit in 2024. Um, now, all of that is kind of dependent upon how we see rates moving, which will be dependent upon some of the inflation stuff that we'll talk about next week. I wanted to uh, finish uh, before we close up completely. Just note, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, we add shameless plugs every once in a while, but us three and a few other agents lead the team called the Advisory Realty Group, which you've maybe seen our branding if you're an agent in the Twin Cities market. We are growing really fast right now and adding agents wherever we can if you are interested in that. But we also did just post a new salaried agent position that we essentially use to help an agent ramp up their business quickly while still being on a slight salary and then get off that as fast as possible um, to grow your business as fast as you can. So if you have any interest in that, please reach out. We are looking to hire that immediately, basically. So we'd love some great candidates for that. But other than that, that's all we have this week on the Nerdy Agent Podcast. And as always, remember, be better. Bye.